almost 2,000 years ago. But it's a, it's a great day that we can come together and celebrate that, as uh, hopefully we do every Sunday that we come together. And what we're going to be doing this morning is we're going to go through uh, the theme for, for our worship time this morning is going to be the God who rescues us. We're, I'm going to speak about the Passover here in just a minute, then we'll have some more songs and scripture readings talking about Jesus coming to rescue his people, and then Jesus rescuing his people through the Lord's Supper and death, and then Jesus rescues us from our sin and rescues us from ourselves through his resurrection. And so we'll go through these four themes as we sing and, and as we read scripture, and, and I, I share some words, and Fred Kirkland is going to share some words as well today. The words that Rob read here just a minute ago, talking about the Passover, I'm going to go back a, a few years before that. But there was a man named Abraham that had a heart for God, and God saw that. And he looked down, and he approached Abraham, and he said, Abraham, I am your very great reward. I'm going to bless you beyond what you can imagine. And I promise that I am going to bless all nations through you, and I'm going to give you a land that you can call your own, and life is going to be great. But you're not going to see a whole lot of this in your life. It's not going to come until the generations later. And so Abraham, as Scripture says, he believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. In other words, he was right with God because he looked up, even though he didn't have children at this point in time, and said, well, this God who created all of this must know what he's talking about, and so I'm just going to believe him, and I'm going to believe that he can do the impossible. So as the years go by, the Israelites, as the descendants of Abraham are called, end up in slavery in Egypt. And things get really bad for them. And you can imagine, I can't imagine that situation because I was born in a, in a context here in this country where I was, had freedom to be able to make choices from a very young age. My parents were able to do that. But just imagine if you're born in a context, and this happens still today, unfortunately, but people are born in context where they have no hope. They know that from the moment they're born, the moment they're able to understand that the people around them are going to do whatever they can to try to eliminate any possibility of hope from their life. I can't imagine that. Can you? That sounds pretty bad to me. But in the middle of all of this, this no hope, these people that are down there in Egypt as slaves, that are they're building, they're doing whatever they're asked, God appears to a, a man named Moses in a burning bush that wasn't burning up. The fire was there, but Moses comes over to it, and God speaks to him and says, All right, Moses, it's time to go do something big. And Moses, if you remember, had grown up in Egypt. He'd been adopted by, by Pharaoh's daughter, and he'd grown up in, in in the first 40 years of his life, he had been groomed to be part of this royal family. And then he leaves, gets run out, and he spends the next 40 years of his life being a shepherd. And I wonder if Moses wouldn't have thought at some point in time, man, I had all this royalty and now I'm a, I'm a shepherd just trying to survive, is I have lost hope here somewhere. And God approaches him and says, hey, let's go have some fun and let's call down uh, judgment on the gods of the Egyptians and we're going to bring the people out. We're going to bring the Israelites out, and we're going to fulfill this promise that I made to Abraham long ago, and I want you to be part of it. And if you read through Genesis, or excuse me, Exodus, in the first chapters there, Moses comes up with all these excuses. It is, oh, I'm not eloquent enough, or finally he just says, God, I just, I just don't want to go anything but that, please, anything but that. And God says, I'm telling you, you need to go. And Moses goes, and he goes nose to nose with Pharaoh, and with the power of God, there's ten different plagues come down on the nation of Egypt. 
And the Pharaoh hardens his heart, and then he, he gives up that opportunity, and God hardens his own, God hardens his heart for him. And Moses continues to go to Pharaoh, continues to give him opportunities, and Pharaoh says, No, I will not let you go. You are my slaves, and you will stay here. And finally, God appears to Moses and says, This is what I want you to tell the people to do. After this next one, God's going to let everybody go. But I'm going to bring an angel that's going to, to create death in all of Egypt. The firstborn of everything is going to die. Just imagine that. How many of you are firstborn? Okay, that's all of us. Yeah. The firstborn in all of Egypt are going to die. And I am going to spare Israel. But what I want you to do is I want you to celebrate this festival. You're to come together and, and you're to, to eat this lamb. You're to eat unleavened bread. You're to, and he draws out all the festival. And Rob uh, read some of the scriptures that talk about that. And... Be ready. Put the blood on the doorposts and be ready because what's going to happen next is you're going to get up and you're going to go. And you're to eat with your cloak tucked into your belt. Be ready to go because I'm going to do something powerful because I'm going to fulfill my promise and I'm going to rescue you. And the Israelites get up the next morning early to much wailing and mourning. And the Egyptians say, go and get out of here and leave. And the Israelites are able to, in a roundabout way, make it to the land that God promised them. And they are called by God, from now on, you're to celebrate this Passover, to remember that I can always rescue you, that I'm always there. I've done it before, and I will do it again. And that's a great message for us. And we'll see that as we go along, is that God's promise is that he is going to be always one who rescues his people. If we choose to be faithful, we choose to put him first, and we live that way, then God is always going to bring his rescuer, because that's the kind of God we serve. God is a God who rescues his people. I just read from Luke chapter 4, where we see that the, uh, there's a summary of the ministry of Jesus. And Jesus was a long time in coming. Throughout the history of Israel, uh, God had continued to tell them, I'm going to rescue you. I'm a rescuer. I'm going to save you because that's the type of God that I am and that's what I do. And as he, when you read the prophets, there's two big things that come out of the prophets. Uh, you see there's discussion about Israel, you need to turn back and quit following these false gods and you need to pursue God and you need to pursue, pursue justice and mercy and these, these qualities that you have forgotten. And number two, he says, there's going to be somebody that's going to come that is going to set things straight. He's going to be the great king that's going to come, and he is going to save you, and he's going to rescue you. And we see that throughout the prophets. And so there is a man that is born in Bethlehem during the census, and we see from the get-go that God is really excited about this. If you read the first few chapters of Luke, when Jesus is born, the angels appear in the heavens. There are shepherds that are come. Matthew records that there's a star that rises and there's, there's people from the east, wise men from the east, come and say, wait a minute, this star we've been waiting for, this is the star of the king that is to come. And people come to this, this place, this humble place, and bring gifts to this young child who is born. And as we continue to read through the book of Luke, and you see the same in Matthew, Mark, and John, 
Now, those are the Gospels, the stories of Jesus. You see that Jesus has, or what he is bringing, may be different than what people anticipate. Because the way God has rescued, he's rescued people, at least what mostly when you look at uh, the Old Testament, the way that, that the Jews would, uh, would interpret it is we have always been rescued by God by him sending a military leader that leads us out of whatever oppression we have. So Jesus, born during the Roman period, and there's the Rome, Romans were the occupying armies there in Israel, and the response of people seems to be, yes, this king has come, he's going to rescue us, he's going to kick the Romans out, this is great, this is what we've been waiting for, this is what we've been anticipating. And we see very early on that Jesus is not going to be made a king by the opinion of the people. He's going to be made a king by who he is and who, what God has sent him to do. If you look in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, it says, and he quotes here, as he is, is rejected at the, the place where he grew up in, in Nazareth, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And Jesus says, I'm him. That's being fulfilled right now in your hearing. I'm him. I'm the one that's come to be able to do all of this. And Jesus, as he goes out into his ministry, he shares teachings that cause people to be convicted, that changes their hearts and changes their minds. And if you read Matthew 5 through 7, kids, oh, I, I told them already. Kids, where's the Sermon on the Mount? Matthew 5 through 7. Okay, good. All right. Very good. Yes, you guys got it. You got it, you got it dialed. Jesus shares in Matthew 5-7 through when he sits down and he shares, this is what my kingdom is going to look like. He tells the people, you have heard that it was said, or this is how you have interpreted God's message before, but what I'm telling you is something different. And Jesus comes back and he always goes back to the heart. What are your motives? Are you trying to do whatever you can to get away with being, you know, I'm going to be God's person and I'm going to do whatever I, I'm going to see whatever I can get away with. Or are you going to pursue God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Who are you going to be? Because in my kingdom, my kingdom is going to be full of people that pursue God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what I'm looking for. And Jesus didn't only teach, but he did things even greater. We see miracles where he's able to... Um, you look in Matthew, or excuse me, Mark chapter 4 through 5, you see that Jesus is able to calm the storm. He shows that he has power over the deep. He shows that he has power over demons. He casts the demons out of legion in the, in the beginning of chapter 5. You see in, that he has power over disease and over death as he continues to heal people. And so Jesus has, that, that about covers it, isn't it? Deep disease, death, demons. Yeah, that's pretty good. And Jesus shows that none of those things are a match for him and the power that he has. And there's something else about Jesus as he goes along and he continues to do these miracles. He has some of the claims that he makes about himself. And you see these especially in the book of John. When the religious leaders are accusing him of saying, okay, tell us who you really are. We want to know who you really are. We see these miracles, we hear these teachings, but who are you? And Jesus makes a statement as he says, before Abraham was born, I am. And that isn't bad grammar on Jesus' part. What he's doing is he is using the exact phrase that God used when he spoke to Moses at the burning bush years before. When Moses says, whoa, wait a minute here, I can't. Now, how can I go to the Egyptians when I can't tell them what your name is? And the Egyptian gods, Moses understood very well, they would never reveal their name because when they revealed their name, they lost a little bit of their power. 
And so gods had to be tricked into revealing their name. So Moses is trying to be, trying to be smart. Oh, yeah, just tell me your name. Tell me your name, and, and sure, I'll go. And God says, I am who I am. In other words, I'm here. I'm everywhere. It's me. You just tell them that. That's good enough for me. And Jesus, when he is talking with the religious leaders, they say, who are you? Jesus says, before Abraham was born, I am. And they say, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait a minute here. That's blasphemy. You can't say that because you have just said you are God. And Jesus meant no misunderstanding by that, but he was telling them exactly who he was. Is that God has done something with Jesus and sending him that is beyond all of our imaginations. He was a person that, that gave amazing lessons and testimony. He's a person that, that was, was powerful in, in deeds, in all the miracles that he did. But even more than that, is Jesus was God himself that came down, put on flesh, and walked around among us to do a lot of different things, some of which is show us what he would do, what God would do if he, if he were to put on flesh just like us. But we're going to see here in a little bit some of the other things that God did, or that Jesus did for us. But one of the great things that Jesus did, and if you're going to, to pass the collection, you guys can come on down now, is Jesus helped us understand how we need to, <laughs> to... Jesus came to save us from ourselves. In the world that we live in, we live in a world that is, that is full of materialism, that is full of uh, abundance, and that's great. We're, I, I think it's, it's, it's not a stretch to say we may be the most blessed people material-wise in history. And because of that, maybe what we're going to do now is, is maybe... It's important for all people of all generations, but maybe extremely important for us because it really shows us where our hearts are at. And um, we see all the way through Scripture, Jesus, uh, Paul telling us, Scripture telling us from, from even before, uh, before Israel ever became a nation, that part of what God wants from us, most importantly, is our heart. And where we spend our money, what we do with it, says a whole lot about where our heart is at. And so we're going to pray and, and take up a collection now. And uh, I know that just for my, myself, from what I've seen with this church, is, is we do, uh, you do, I should say it that way, a ton to, to help the poor, help the needy, support missions that are overseas, support God's work in all sorts of different ways and to make a difference, investing in eternity. And this church is, continually do, does that because we are people that have decided we really believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That's big stuff. <laughs> you think about that, is there's a whole lot of things that go through my mind. How did that happen? How is that possible? How is Jesus able to, to come out of that grave? Because that's what makes all the difference in the world. So I've got a demonstration I've been thinking about here. Uh, I talked about it when we had um, the Easter egg hunt here yesterday. A lot of people from the community came. We, we shared some of this. But I need a helper, so Hale, come on down. He's going to be my helper today. Come on, he's going to show us something. Teach this spiritual principle. He volunteered earlier to help out with this. Okay. Hey, Hale, I think you can climb in this. It's going to be tight, but you can get in there, can't you? Okay, think so? Okay, get in there real tight. All right. Real tight. Okay, good. We got that cover on that, everything. Now you hang, it, hang tight there for a minute, all right, bud? Good deal. So when Jesus was executed, he was put in that, in that tomb... Everything's sealed up because they were afraid that somebody's going to come and take his body and, and this is all going to be this, this big scandal, all that. And so maybe it's important for us just to look at this from the perspective of God, the creator of the world, 
who has made everything. When Jesus was executed, I believe that Satan at that point in time thought, yes, I've won, this is great. And if we can say the perfect day for this, the greatest April Fool's joke in the history of mankind. Okay. Hey, oh, come on out of there. Stand up. Woo, good job. See? Okay. Hey, was it hard getting out of there? No, it wasn't hard, was it? That's no big deal. That's just a cardboard box, isn't it? All right, thank you, buddy. You can have, go ahead and sit down. So maybe that's a little bit about what things look like from God's perspective. What? The grave? What? Death? Stone? That's no big deal. I made all that stuff, and if I want to come flying out of there, I'm going to do it. And that's the kind of God that we serve. And his death, burial, and resurrection serve to do something powerful for us. Is that when we give our lives to him, we decide to follow him in faith and repentance and submit to him in baptism, then God, his response to us is, I will rescue you. I'll rescue you from yourself. I'll rescue you from your sin. I'll rescue you through life situations, whatever it may be. It doesn't matter because in the end, you're going to come flying out of that grave just like I did and come to be with me, and that's all that matters. And so for us as Christians, we've got the best news in the world, and that's something that we can remember today, is that no matter what happens, we go to be with God, and we come out of that grave, and Jesus showed us exactly how it's going to happen. And that's our promise that God has given us. He is a rescuer. He rescued the Israelites. He rescued us through Jesus. He rescued us you know, through the Lord's Supper. We continue to take that. It continues to, to, to work in us and make us the people that we need to be. And he saves us and he rescues us through the resurrection. And if you are not a person that has committed your life to Christ today, if you haven't done that yet or you're wrestling with that, I'm going to be in the back. Let's talk. Because we don't want anybody to miss out on the good news that God has for all of us for the future. Let's continue and sing together.